0: Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We're so glad that you're here today. We're thankful for such a beautiful day and to see you is a great joy. It's so good to be together as God's people. We pray that the time that we have to spend together is profitable and that all may be encouraged in our worship to God. We're gonna be talking today for a minute or two about the plans of life and when our plans don't work out as we had envisioned. And we'll be doing that in just a moment or two. I do want to just take this opportunity to welcome those who are visiting. If you are here today and you are visiting, as always, we encourage you to come back to be with us at every opportunity that you have. It might be the case that you're looking for a church home. As always, we invite you to consider the work here. We have, in my mind, a great thing going. And we talk about it often here. And we would love to have you to be a part of this family. We're so thankful for every member. And we want want you to know that we need your help as we strive to the best of our ability to make known Christ in this community. I want us to think for a minute or two about the plans of life. Many of us make plans on a regular basis. Sometimes at an early age, we have in our mind how things are going to work out in life. Here's the question. What happens when life and the plans of life don't go as we had envisioned? What then? There are a lot of people in our world that have made plans and sometimes those plans have been very specific and they have done everything within their power to make those plans come to fruition, but they don't. How do we react? What do we do? To whom do we turn? I want to begin today by talking for just a minute or two about what I have called shattered dreams. And by that, I simply mean that our plans do not come to fruition. There are a lot of people in our world today that are dealing with what I would call shattered dreams. Their life has not worked out as they had envisioned. Sometimes those folks are young. Sometimes they're older. For whatever reason, things did not go as planned. I want to begin by, as we think about shattered dreams, I want to talk for just a minute or two about the plans of life. I want you to think about this for just a minute. We talk about life and the blessings of life. And I understand that there are some things that are certain and there are some things that are uncertain in life. But really, if you want to sum up life, it could be described as uncertain. In other words, the certainty of uncertainty. Life doesn't always go as planned, does it? Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 27 that we're not to boast about tomorrow. The reason, he said, who knows what a day may bring forth. We just don't know what will happen in the future. We may make plans, we may have visions of grandeur that this is how life's gonna work out and it doesn't happen. What then? James said that life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And so in light of the uncertainty of life, He said, we ought to approach each day by saying, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. Again, the certainty of uncertainty. We just don't know. Now, what happens when problems interfere with our plans? What happens when life does not go As we have planned. And let me tell you what, life does not always go as we expect it to. I want to begin this thought by talking about the reality factor. The reality factor is simply this you may make plans. You may envision certain things for your life. You may do everything within your power to bring these plans to fruition. The bottom line is, it may not happen as you had anticipated. I want to just share with you a couple of examples. In the outline that I have provided today, I have a number of examples of individuals whose lives did not work out As they had planned. I want to just cite for you a couple. I want to to begin by talking about Joseph. Joseph was said to have been the the favorite son of his father. His father loved him immensely, gave him a coat of many colors. At the age of 17, just a teenager, the Bible tells us that his brothers hated him. They could not speak peaceably unto him. The bottom line, they didn't like him. They had no use for him. And so on one occasion, Joseph's father told him to go and check on his brothers. And so he left the valley of Hebron and went to Shechem, inquired about his brothers, and was sent to Dothan, that's where he found them. When they saw him coming, they said, "Here comes this dreamer, let us kill him." Do you think at the age of 17 that Joseph would have ever imagined in his heart of hearts that number 1 his brothers would have sold him out? Do you think that in his mind they would have ever stooped to deceiving their father? about his physical condition because they lied to their father. Do you think he ever imagined that at the age of 17, he would end up in Egypt serving Potiphar and then again mistreatment? In Potiphar's house, Moses tells us that this man's wife cast her eyes upon him encouraged him to have a relationship. He declined. His response, how can I I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And for that, he was in prison for two years. The point is, at the age of 17, there is no way Joseph could have ever imagined the highs and the lows, the joys and the frustrations that he would have experienced. Did you know that for over 20 years he was separated from his family and friends? This guy's life took a route that no doubt was far from what he had anticipated. I think about Job. Job is a tremendous example of somebody whose life did not go as he had planned. The Bible tells us that Job was a blameless man. He was upright, he feared God, he turned away from evil according to Job chapter one, verse one. Immensely wealthy. The text tells us that he had 7,000 sheep 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. This man, according to the text, was the greatest of all the people of the East. This guy was something. And yet, in a matter of time, what happened to him? The things that were near and dear to him were stripped away. Ten children, seven sons and three daughters. Guess what? He buried every one of them. Do you think that when he held those babies in his arms when they were infants that he ever envisioned, that as a parent he would bury them? The Bible says he did. A wealthy man, The Bible says he lost his wealth. You think he ever thought about tragedy striking and losing his wealth? What about his health? Could he have envisioned the physical maladies afflicting his body? The Bible says he was afflicted with boils covering his body and then the woman that he had taken as wife, the one that was to stand beside him through thick and thin. Do you know what she said? Curse God and die. You think when they entered into that marital relationship that he ever envisioned, her turning on him and on Almighty God? The point is this. We make lots of plans in life I do not know all of the plans that Job had in mind. I'd never suggest that I do. But I don't believe Job ever anticipated the problems that came his way. Nor Joseph for that matter. Let me give you another illustration. In Luke chapter 12, the Bible talks about a rich farmer. This guy's business was booming according to Jesus. He taught this parable in an effort to emphasize the danger of covetousness. He said, take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things he possesses. So he tells this story about a rich farmer whose business is absolutely booming. And so he says, here's what I'm gonna gonna do. I'm gonna pull down my barns and build greater. Why? So I can store my crops and goods. And I'll say to my soul, take ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Here's what God said. God said you're foolish. Because he said, this night your soul is required of you. So all these things that you now have, whose will they be? You see, this guy had great plans, didn't he? He was a businessman. And he is anticipating that business continuing to grow and abound. He's thinking about tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And God said, let me tell you what. Your life is going to come to an abrupt halt. Everything you have will no longer be yours. Life does not always go as planned. Now, there's a second thing I want you to think about for a minute. We talk about... The reality factor. What about the reason factor? Why is it that the best of plans do not always go as we wish? Let me just give you some reasons why life doesn't always work out as we think it will. Number one, the deeds of others. I may have well-intentioned plans in my life. But other people could disrupt those plans. Again, go back to Genesis chapter 37 and look at Joseph. Joseph was sold into the hands of the Ishmaelites and Midianites. He ends up in Egypt. Who did that? His brothers did. His life takes an abrupt turn. And so now he's serving in the household of Potiphar And God is blessing him. He's prospering. And guess what happens? Potiphar's wife lies about him. So he's in prison. Again, life takes another unexpected turn. Joseph had nothing to do with that. Other people did. Now, God used that, and we'll talk about that in a minute, for his glory. But the bottom line is, sometimes the actions of other people impact the plans that we have for life. Let me give you another reason. Another reason why life sometimes does not turn out as we anticipate. What happens when we disobey God's word? Disobedience. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, the account is given of Saul. Saul, as you know, was the first king over the United Kingdom. And God, through the prophet Samuel, gave very specific instructions to go and to utterly destroy the Amalekites. The problem, however, King Saul did not listen to what Samuel said. The Bible says that he spared King Agag and the best of the goods of the Amalekites. So here's this man that has been anointed the king of Israel Here's a man that God has placed in power and he disobeys God's word. And here's what God said in 1 Samuel chapter 15, rather in about verse 23. He said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, I have rejected you as king. Read chapter 16. Here's what God did. God sent Samuel to anoint a successor by the name of David. God was in effect saying to King Saul, you're done, you're through, you're out. Saul may have envisioned a lot of things as king, but God said, let me tell you what, you disobeyed me, you're going to suffer the consequences. I doubt King Saul envisioned losing his kingship. And then what about, what about disability, disease, illness? There are a lot of people in our world today, some very young, that have great plans for the future, but you know what happens? They never anticipated getting cancer or some other type of disease. I read about a guy that played in the NFL, played for the Saints. It's battling a disease right now, Lou Gehrig's disease fighting for his life. Just a few years ago, he's playing in the NFL. Big, strong, sturdy guy. And now, literally wasting away in a wheelchair. Do you think he ever anticipated that? In Mark chapter 5, Jesus encounters a woman that had a blood disease She had been dealing with that disease for 12 years. And the Bible says that she had seen many physicians, had spent everything that she had, and grew worse rather than getting better. That's what happens. People have some type of debilitating disease or illness, and rather than getting better, they continue to decline in their health. What happens? When you have all these great plans, and the next thing you know, you are disabled. Don't think it can't happen to you. It it happens all the time. There's a guy in the state of Alabama. He is identified as the horizontal preacher. He has been bedridden for years. He continues to preach and teach through the printed page. He's disabled. Totally dependent on others. What about death? Death can disrupt our plans. In John chapter 11, we read about the death of Lazarus. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, were distraught. Sometimes death occurs in our family. And we're heartbroken. We never anticipated losing that child, that mate, that brother or sister, mother or father. But guess what? It happened. Life threw us a curve. So what do we do? Where do we go from there? What happens when we go to the doctor? And the doctor says, I hate to tell you this, but you have terminal cancer. You don't understand, I've got all these great plans. You don't understand, I'm young. I've got a wife, I've got small children. You don't understand. Life can throw you a curve in a heartbeat. Life does not always work out as we planned. And then I think about how sometimes deity or God has other plans. Do you remember in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and his traveling companions, they had planned, they'd been in the region of Galatia. They had plans to go into Asia but were forbidden by the Holy Spirit And so when they get to Troas, Paul said that in a night, in the night, he saw a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come over and help us. His conclusion, God wanted them to preach the gospel to those people. So that's where he went. Sometimes we have plans that we're going to do this, and God says, I have other plans. For example, Joseph. God used that to his glory. Paul, so what about our dreams when they're shattered? You may be here this morning, and you're saying to yourself, you know what? I'm 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, whatever. And I'm sitting here, and my life is not on track as I thought it would be. You're sitting here thinking, you know what? Things haven't turned out the way I thought they would. Maybe for the good, maybe not so good. So what do we do when our dreams are shattered, when things haven't gone as we planned? What do we do? Is there a sure defense? In other words, is there, is there a positive way to look at life When our dreams are shattered, I think there is. Let me just suggest a couple of things. First of all, I think we need to talk about our resolve when our lives go amiss. When things don't go as planned. Number one, I want to suggest that what we need to do more than anything else is trust God. Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Look, I, I may not understand everything going on in my life, I may be sitting here or standing here today and I'm thinking, you know what? My life is an absolute mess. It's a train wreck. I mean, I had all these great plans and I had, I had all of these plans of grandeur and glory and guess what? Nothing. Not one thing has gone right. At least according to my plans. I've got to dig in and trust Almighty God. Do you remember what Job said? I can't think of a a biblical character like Job, a very unique person. Here is Job, he's he's lost his family, he's lost his wealth, he's lost his health. His own wife is not even standing by his side And so over in chapter 13, verse 15, here's what Job said centuries ago. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I may not understand everything going on in my life, but you know what? I'm going to trust Almighty God come what may. You need to trust him. Trust God with all your heart. A second thing. Pray and pray and pray, and pray. You need to be on your knees praying every day. In Colossians chapter 4, at verse 2, Paul said, continue steadfastly in prayer. In the New American Standard Version, that verse reads, devote yourselves to prayer get on your knees and pray to almighty god number one pray to god and lay before him your feelings your thoughts your hurts ask god to help you with understanding and healing i want to ask you a question can god do that you better believe he can The Bible says that we are to draw boldly under the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let me tell you what, there are some folks in this world I could go to, maybe they have an answer, maybe they don't for how my life has turned out. But I know one thing, I can go to Jehovah God and he absolutely unequivocally understands where I am. God understands above anyone. That's the kind of God we serve. Pray. Look at Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Here is Jesus pouring out his heart to almighty God about the impending death of the cross. And he is praying, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. The Bible says in the book of Luke, that being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. The greater the hurt, the deeper the anguish, the the severity of the trial, here's what we need to do. Pray to Almighty God. God understands. Pray. And look, look to God for help. One other thing I want to share with you when we talk about our resolve. And that is, no matter what happens, no matter how severe the trial, no matter how difficult the problem, no matter what what our life has become, we have to have the resolve that we're going to be faithful to Almighty God, come what may. We're digging in, and we're not leaving it. God has assured us that he will not leave us or forsake us. What we have to say is, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna be faithful to the Lord. And then there is a reminder. When our plans in life go amiss. Number one, I think we need to remember that God is still on his throne. And Almighty God is still in control. The world in which, we, in which we live may be chaotic. Our lives might be undergoing upheaval. We got all these problems and trials and tribulations and things have not worked out as planned and yet to just step back and to remember that almighty God is on his throne and he is in absolute control. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 99, verse 1. The Lord reigneth. Almighty God is sovereign. He is above all and over all. And I promise you, it may not look like it, but God is in absolute control. Day in and day out. 24-7. God is in control. We need to remember that. When, When I think about how sometimes... Life doesn't go as planned. Think about Jesus for a minute. Here's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and he is praying, God, if there is any other way, let it come to pass. And he submits to the will of Almighty God. Sometimes people ask the question, Where is God when my life is going amiss? In other words, when my life is in shambles, where is Almighty God? He is the same place he was when his son died on Calvary's cross. He is in heaven on his throne. And he's in control, I promise you. There's a second thing. Remember that God, the very God who is in control of all things, can use whatever circumstance or situation that we encounter in life, whether bad or good, for his glory and his purpose. Go back with me if you would to the life of Joseph. You remember when Joseph was reunited with his brothers? And then later when their father died, Moses tells us in chapter 50 that his brothers were fearful. They thought, you know what? Our daddy's gone. It's payback time now. Joseph wasn't like that. In chapter 45 and in chapter 50, he basically says the same thing. He said, look, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. God used Joseph to, as he said, save many people alive. God used that young fella to be a light for him in a pagan world of darkness. And it was through Joseph that God's people were allowed to settle in Goshen and become a mighty nation of people. God used that little fella when he may not have understood what's going on in life, in his life, God used him in a mighty way. When life doesn't go as planned, when we're, when we're sad, upset, discouraged, in despair, because things have not turned out as we planned. Sometimes we need to step back and remember, you know what, maybe God can use my life, my situation for his glory. Do you remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 28? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and that are the called according to his purpose. God, as they say, can make lemonade out of lemons. God can take your life no matter the despair, the hurt, the anguish, the loss that you feel, and in some way can use it for his glory. Look, there are a lot of bad things that happen in this world. And the taproot of all of the bad that goes on in this world, it all goes back to one place, the Garden of Eden and sin. I mean, that's the bottom line. Life doesn't always turn out as we expect it to. And you may be here today and you're thinking, you know what? My life has not turned out like I thought it would. My life's a mess. And I need help. Let me tell you who can help you. God can. Only a sovereign God can help us. Maybe right now life's on track. Everything's going smooth. Just brace yourself. Because in this world, we can expect trouble. Job, I mentioned him a moment ago. Here's what Job said. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. There are people that have trouble. There are people that are going to have trouble. And there are people that are coming out of trouble. The bottom line is, if you're a human being, you're gonna have some trouble. And your life may not work out as planned. There are a lot of things that we plan in this life, maybe they come to fruition, maybe they don't. If they don't, look to God. I wanna close by saying this. We talk about making plans. I don't have control over what's gonna to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, or whatever. But I do have control over my spiritual life. I can make plans today to serve Almighty God. I can prepare my life to be a servant of His. And here's the beauty of it. Even if my life ends in death, didn't disrupt my plans because I'm going to be with God. So if you're here today, maybe... Maybe you've never obeyed the gospel. Here's what you need to do. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And believing that Jesus is the Son of God, you would be willing to repent of every sin, just as they did on Pentecost Day. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you're willing to repent of your sins, I know you're willing to confess him before others. If you will be baptized into Christ, as Peter said, you will enjoy the remission of your sins. That is forgiveness. God led you to His church, the body, Acts 2:47. And the beauty of that is that in the church, that's where the saved reside. So you'll be among the saved. And if you'll be faithful until death, the promise is the crown of life, James 1 verse 12. I want to appeal to you today. Let's just say your life hasn't gone as planned. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to come back to the Lord. Get your life back on track with him. Live for him. Maybe we don't have control over what goes on in the world, all that kind of stuff. But we can come back home to God. and We can know that in fellowship with him, we have the hope of heaven. Here's what John said. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why not come as we stand and sin?